Welcome to another episode of the Florida Culture Podcast, soccer podcast for us, by us. It's the best kept secret soccer today. You got your boy here, Grego here. Got TK on the ones and twos. Got Coach here uh, with us today. Um, you. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's been a crazy couple past couple of days. Not going to lie to you. Um, you know, the whole world has been kind of rocked uh, since Sunday, uh, since uh, uh, everybody got the news about Kobe Bryant. Um, we're going to get to that in just a quick bit. Uh, just wanted to give you all a, a quick heads up as far as what's going on here in the show today. Uh, we got Mickey Turner, uh, writer with the uh, Sound at Heart. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, CBA. We've been talking about this for, for a little while. What does while. CBA stand for, sir? Collective Bargaining Agreement. We actually we actually asked that question during <laughs> during the interview. Yeah, so we, so we, we want to educate people, man. But, um, yeah, we're talking that, uh, the U.S. soccer lawsuits, Is which are— Is this an educational podcast now? A little bit. You know, you, you got to educate people, man. You didn't know we were on NPR, too, did you? need to change our genre. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk a little bit softer now. But, um— but, yeah. <laughs> But um, before we before we get into Kobe stuff, did you did you? I didn't realize that the home team are, are we the, are we the angry girlfriend that we the dog to you know make make us feel better, bro? It, it's this is very sad. I mean, like <laughs> we got a bunch of sad topics today. We're leading with this. Um, it's it's very it's perplexing. It's confusing. Um, I, yeah. Like I said, we, we, we have become the angry girlfriend that's just getting mad at everything. It's like, you know what? Well, here's a puppy. Here you go. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do, man. Now we got the box of kittens about to come out because <laughs> Tito about to be gone. Oh, so. God. You, all, all the girls are about to be mad about Yo, seriously. I, I tried to tell you like two weeks ago, I said, who's not Frank's man? Tito. Yeah, you did. Escobar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yosef. Yeah. Rometty. I'm telling you, you're going to start chalking them off. So, if if you're brown, basically. Mm. I mean, like Find a lie. (laughs) Find a lie. I mean, the the lights can seem to be okay. Exactly. Especially if you're from, you know, if you're from, you know, England or Scotland. Scotland. But, uh, yeah, that's right. We we did from, uh, was that Bertha? (laughs) His sister from, uh, he's what, uh. Is he Dutch too? I can't remember. Orlando. Moretti Mar- Mar- is is Orlando. He's what's his nationality? Oh yeah, yeah he's Dutch. Yeah, he's, he's Dutch, Dutch, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So it, it's going to be interesting. But uh, but no, like like yeah, if Tito leaves. Yeah, you're going to need to start giving away a box of kittens to everybody. Be like, hey, now our back. It's like you got to keep in mind that like the the transfer window for Europe and South America they, that closes at the end of the week. So whoever, how, how, when's the end of the week? The 31st. days. 31st. Well, what's today? Today's the 28th. There we go. That's Three what days. I need. Now let's do some math. Three days. All right. Yeah. Math so, done. So, <laughs> well, now less than three, so yeah. two is not change. So by the time y'all hear this, it'd be like, two yeah, you, got, you got, got space going, space going on right exactly. now. Yeah. <laughs> by the time you guys hear there might be one day. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it, it's, it's, it's kind of bizarre just how things are kind of broken down here. You know, like we go, like so, we go into that actually with that uh, with Mickey as far as like how the current salary cap is just kind of you know, t- turning everything upside down here. But um, there's a lot of head scratching going on. A lot, a lot. A I, I mean, I would like to say as a fan, you want to see kind of the vision mm-hmm. of what someone's doing. I guess the main vision I see is that you got to get your books right, and Apparently you're trying so, to get yeah. the best bang for the buck. 
Because here, here's my but thing. That's what you truly are trusting in the process. And the thing that it's really going to be hard to sell 70,000 seats when you got a lot of young, unproven talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know. You got to be able to cling to it. You it's going to be another tough sell. So. Yeah, man. But no, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting because by the time it finally gets worked out, you're not going to be able to sign anybody. And it's going to be like, okay, you're going to have to like sit it out until like June or July, just hoping that, you know, we'll be okay. No, maybe. And then come summertime when the caps to where we want it to be, you know, maybe we can make some moves there. Cause like, but it might get real tight, you know, the first couple of months. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it, it out there right it, now. It's just going to be very interesting. We talked about this episodes before, but it's going to be real interesting how the Atlanta fans react being, with the possibility of being a mediocre team. Yeah, we have the reputation of being a fickle, fickle, a bit fickle. market. Yep. So, Tad uh, bit fickle. We've been spoiled. Captain F. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, man, uh, we uh we was we guys so we got Mickey Turner on later. We were supposed to have uh uh Stacy Wilson, uh former member of the US national team. She got a little sick. Yeah. There's there's a lot of people who got, you know, the flu actually from the Baltimore trip. Actually, I saw a few people post on their socials that they just now recovering from the flu from Baltimore. Oh wow! So, luckily, I avoided did that. Y'all, did y'all have bad crabs? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> we can't crab. afford to lose another sponsor. Greco, stop it! I'm talking about Phillips. So go 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 right there on the harbor, man. Give you some Phillips. Give you some, I don't some know good how red stripe. That question, man. Go to Phillips. Give you some good red stripe. You'd be good to go. You know, like yes, go to Phillips or uh, I, I found out the the, the there's an Italian spot up there. I, I need to go up to next time I get up there. It's uh, called Sabatino's. I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm due for a trip back home and the, especially back up to Baltimore. So next crab time, legs ahead. Is that what you're trying oh, to say? Crab crab cakes and, and soccer. That's, that's what, what Maryland they does. Do best. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Maryland does. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. Hopefully, everybody who has recovered from Maryland is is doing better. Like, so, hope that we should have Stacey on next week. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, matter of fact, plug for next week. We've got we'll have her and also um, Blackfires, our guys in Chicago, uh, Jake and Phil, uh, having them back on the show. They got an event coming up, going into the pre, um, Black into, History Month. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've been doing Black History Month pretty much since like. MLK weekend, so yeah. because every damn month is Black History Month, bro. You know what I'm saying? Come That's on, right. buddy. That's For right. the coach, man. Come on now. But um, twelve months, mm, three sixty-five, sixty-six. <laughs> That's right, leap year, baby. Yeah. Um, it's the last time they've celebrated leap year. Four years. Four years. Really? Yeah. Actually, are, you, are you trying? We're, to we're educated. Over here. We're educated. <laughs> I was never questioning your education. I just want to say, like, you, leap year was something that you anticipated. Like, when you were in school, oh, you're yeah. Like, oh yeah, you knew that one kid who was born. That one kid who was born. born you really, you're four years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, that, that line. Absolutely. I forgot about that. <laughs> but, like, where's that kid now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, where are you? It's like, my dad, how my... old are you now? <laughs> I'm seven. Down. I'm seven. We stopped doing leap year, Dad. That's all I'm saying. He's still, he's still, he's still holding his fingers <laughs> up. Burning like, his box fires, man. He's doing yeah. box fires. <laughs> well, at least we stopped talking about it. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, but no, um, next, uh, also next week, uh, MLS has another fashion show. Now, hopefully it won't be as, as crazy as the one last year where they, 
try to be like all Uber, um, Zoolander with it. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, if, if your team has not already unveiled their kit or has it or has not been leaked, you know, ho- uh, you should get you should know what your what your kits will look like by next Wednesday. So I'm not disappointed by our leak. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not like overjoyed. It's, 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 it's inside sources, you know, that you know happen to provide the information on that. So, yeah. you know, hopefully. Y'all, y'all will like what you like, but um, shout yeah. out to our boys at Solid Stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you, you need to get them on. Uh, yeah, uh, shout, shout out to uh, Larry and Chris. Even though everybody calls him Iron Tooth, I'm like, yeah, it's actually, he has a name. He's a yeah. person. He does have a name. I remember yeah. that one Facebook message we had. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. TK yeah, yeah. meet Larry. Larry meet TK. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Larry. <laughs> Been calling Iron Tooth for a while. <laughs> he has no, a Chris, name. Yeah, Chris is Iron Tooth. See, uh, see, I fucked it all up. See, sorry, Chris, Larry. Respect sorry, Chris. Man. Yeah. But um <laughs> but yeah, man. So I I I did come to a decision about the Super Bowl. Wow. Because I thought about this very hard over the past week. I know it's it sounds very very easy for people to just go for Kansas City because of Mahomes. And then I realized something. Where where did Cap go? Who do Cap play for? Where is he at now? Can't go for San Francisco. Going for Kansas City. Thank you. That, that was the second reason why, bro. I'm like, what? There's no need for the explanation. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean. Once I realized, I was like, yeah. You got to go for my homeboy. Yeah. Um, Because of the representation. And the second was, yeah, because the history of Caps fallout. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't give San Francisco that, that type of love. Like, no. Mm-mm. No. 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 Absolutely not. And then KC, they just, I mean, they just got that swagger about them. 50 years, that, man. That swagger years. about that team, like, that's true culture on that team because they all trying to, you know, you know, put a little seasoning salt. That's what we were talking about before. Some, <laughs> some barbecue. Some seasoning salt in their fries. Some barbecue. Some extra seasoning. Coach, have y'all ever had some fries that you were spending some seasoning on it? It wasn't on there. Like, have you ever gone to Zaxby's and you didn't get the fries with no seasoning? You're like, hold up. Y'all forgot something back there. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's funny now that my daughter, she always wants seasoning salt on everything. So I have extra packets of seasoning salt in the car. Even when we go to Chick Fil A, all right, we're gonna get Tony the uh, what is it the the little seasoned salt shaker <laughs> for the cup holder. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have you in the packs game. No more. We're gonna upgrade you. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate it's that. Reason. Her birthday is next week, so mm-hmm. that could be a birthday party. Where the party present. at, man? Done. Where the party I can't at? tell y'all, man. I can't tell you which Chuck E. Cheese we going to. <laughs> what? I'm not gonna be sugars. I promise. Honestly, please, man. Please. Yeah, that's Can why we... they shut them all. Down. <laughs> I will be good. I will be good. I can't. I can't speak for TK, but you know, I'll nah, be good. Man, I don't go to Chuck E. Cheese's. I've actually never been, so I've actually had this. Um, We're not having a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I wanted to, us to do it, you know, but I'm like, I can't go to Chuck E. Cheese's in my 30s unless I have a child. Yeah, you'll have enough so you know. Get ready. Get ready. There's the grown-up versions called like David Buster's or that is, that's on my axis. So I fuck with David Buster's. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's right. from you. So yeah, yeah. I didn't realize so, there were that many David Buster's around the way. Yeah. So yeah. Honestly, I don't really feel that way. It's not there's one. There's one in uh, Marietta. There's one out my way in Lawrenceville. I feel like that's it. Yeah. And there's one more. Yeah. No, it's outside probably. No. No, nah, there's not one outside. Come on, man. It's culturally biased. They ain't going below twenty. 
Come on. We know that. Don't you know that Jones, bro? No. They're not going to No. Alpharetta got one? I think so. That's technically the one by North Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are Alpharetta. we considering this for the Super Bowl? Is this why? No, no. We're okay. not, we're not so, doing Taco Bell? Because... <laughs> are we still okay? Which one are we I going that's to? That's how you were segueing. No, no, no. Yeah, we hit it up real quick. Uh, so, like, are we doing the one like in the city? Culture. What y'all want to do? We're going to do a poll. Taco Mac. Yeah, we'll put that in the bus. Put, put it on the socials. Yes, FTC. All right, we're gonna have a social going on, yeah. or a, a poll going on the social soon. Yeah, get that going. But um, but yeah, man, uh, let's let's hit the serious stuff real quick before we uh, go over here to uh, this interview with Mickey Turner. Um, I know where I was when I got the news. Actually, no. Uh, actually, uh, Blackfire's uh, Jake. Uh, he hit me up and was like, "You know, Kobe." I was like, "What are you talking about?" And yeah, uh, he said, "Like, you know, send me the link for for um, for the article on TMZ." Of course, everybody seems to be highly upset with TMZ, and um, you know it. It was just one of those just surreal moments because you, I can't think of any pro athlete that has that's been that big that died this young, and the only thing I could probably like closely compare it to was probably like when Michael Jackson died because it was like you just had everybody just like every, like the whole world stopped. Yeah, it's it's crazy because. It's interesting, the irony of this, too, is because I've been watching the Hip Hop Evolution, and the same episodes that I'm on right now is the one that's, you know, detailing the East Coast, West Coast beef between Biggie and Tupac, Mm -hmm. and going through those deaths, and I remember where I was, I was on my, we were at a tournament down in Florida when I found out that Tupac got killed and everything like that, and the same thing where, I remember I was in the car when, you know, I saw, you know, my homies hit me up with a text message with that TMZ article, and I was like, this is this is not yeah. like it was that that reaction like that that's that's fake news you know what I'm saying you hate to say it but you're like no nah, this is fake news I don't believe that mm-hmm. and especially the night after LeBron had just passed him right no, was scoreless mm-hmm. and so there's that part of it but when you talk about you know Kobe's you know impact across the world I mean it's interesting because I started thinking about all the other athletes who have passed away in tragic you know. Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt. Um, well, I'll go back. I'll go Roberto Clemente. Yeah, that's yeah, a big yeah, one where he you know, yeah. he had a whole country on his on his back and he was killing it here. And um, but then you know, dying at you know airplane crash. So I was thinking of that. And then uh, what's his name last year? What's his name Salah during the uh, transfer deadline? Yeah. Um, when he passed, yeah, away, I remember, that, yeah, his, his, that anniversary like just happened. Like, right, that was crazy. But like you just said. Nobody was to the level of what Kobe and the thing about and I have my personal Kobe stories because he was only a few years older than I was. And so back when I had my hoop dreams, when I thought I was going to the NBA, you know, I had Kobe on my wall. Mm-hmm. I had his lower Marion pictures on my wall next to my Sean Kim pictures next to my Magic Johnson pictures and everything. And so going into his trajectory, you know, that class in 96 it came out for the NBA. That's by far the best draft class ever. It came out of the NBA. You know, you got Iverson, Kobe, Antoine Steve Walker, Nash. Steve Nash, Ray Allen. Kerry um, Kittles. Kerry Kittles. What do you know about Kerry Kittles with the sock? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One sock. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that 96 class when Kobe came out, you know, he stood out. You know, and 
with him and Kevin Garnett coming out of high school, like that trajectory and they're that same generation of me, like he, I kind of like followed him obviously. Right. He, now he was never my favorite player, but he was always a player that I either respected or wanted to be like. Mm-hmm. But the other part that hit home for me too was when, so back when I was in my early thirties, like I had tore my Achilles. Mm. And yeah, so that, yeah. after I had my surgery, it was right when I got my cast taken off after that first month. That was when Kobe was coming back from his Achilles mm, recovery. Okay. okay. And so, like, I even found it in my in my uh, in my iPhone, my old video where I recorded where they tracked his journey, him coming back to the from the Achilles injury. And dude, like, I remember being on the couch watching and like crying because you know when after you tear your Achilles, this is the worst injury I've ever had. It's worse than my ACL that I've ever had. Mm. Um, and to see how Kobe fought that hard to get back. Like, that was my motivation. I was like, yo, Kobe can come back and still be a boss like that and drive 81 on folks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that gave me motivation to work hard during my PT. And so during that time period, like, I can, he was like the person who helped kind of mentally motivate me. Right. Um, and so, and then just, you know, being a father to a daughter. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the part that where I just lost it. I, 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 Right now, even thinking and talking about it, it just, I can't even describe that situation. And the fact that, you know, not only their family, but the other families that were impacted to lose daughters, to lose husbands, you know, uncles, mm-hmm. brothers and all that. I mean, all that is sad all around, but to be a father to a daughter in that realm, like, it just shook me. I, I mean, I, it, it hit me harder than I expected. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I cried. Yeah, I called my pops up and everything, and it's just it's crazy. Now I sent y'all that video when um, what's his name from um, around the horn? What's his name? Um, you know, Tony Reality. Tony Reality. Yeah, and he's basically had his little monologue about it's okay mm-hmm. to have this feeling for a stranger or someone. Yeah. I never met Kobe. Yeah, because like it, 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 it like that's why I think it reminds me of of. Uh, when Michael Jackson died, because it was like, you, there are some people who you basically grow up with. And, you know, for like our parents' generation, that person was Michael Jackson. Um, and I think for us, that person would have been, actually, it was Kobe, because like, he went he went pro at 17. And so basically for the last 24, 25 years, he's been in the public eye. Right. And so, you know, as we've gotten older, we've seen him grow and, you know, he's had his ups and downs. Right. And he was human. Yeah. He and was, I mean, he, he was an icon that had his, you know, his faults. He, he, like I said, he went through the whole gamut. Like, <laughs> he went from like, yeah, he went teen, from teen, where teen, people teen were bop, down there lynching him to teeny bop teens, teen basketball star to most hated person. And when he dated Brandy, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, people forget about that shit. Um, but I think it's very interesting that, you know, obviously you've seen all the tributes that have uh, come up, especially in, in the league, you know, doing the 24-second violations. Seconds, yeah. And, you know, for especially for those guys, like, he's one of those guys that's like, he was he, a big he, brother. He's their, he's their Jordan. He's, yeah, he was their Jordan. He was their big brother. He was their... You know, their uncle, if you will. I mean, the the other cool thing about it, too, that the reason why I, you know, that parallel that I had with him was because 
he messed with the game of soccer. Yeah. And the thing about like, you know, when I was going through high school, I was always trying to figure out which one did I love more, soccer or basketball. I was Mm -hmm. really struggling between the two until I got to college. That's when I fell in love with soccer. But between those, those time, that time period and that, you know, Kobe's upbringing coming through Italy and, you know, he had that foreign connection where he was always exposed to the game because of his father's, you know, international tour. His connection to soccer as well and the show that you can be, badass on the basketball court and still juggle a soccer ball. Nobody was doing that back then, except for Akeem Olajuwon. And so the fact that he made it cool to play ball and to be highly interested in the game of soccer, that was the part that I was like, yo, I mess with this dude. He might not be my favorite player, but I mess with this dude on so many levels. And so as you see, you know, we've put it on the socials and everything as well, but and everybody's highlighting especially within the soccer community right now, like he's, it's almost like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Mm-hmm. He's your favorite athlete's favorite athlete type of thing. Yeah. And everybody messed with him because of his competitiveness, the way his attention to details were, you know, the fact that they gave him a show on TNT where he is analyzing and schooling everybody like, yo, in this situation, they're doing this and this is what I'm looking at and whatever. He is schooling people on what to do in that scenario. And it's like, everybody respected his work ethic, his mentality. And I can't remember who I was just saying, like what we talk about is the bounce back and then his true character arc. Nobody knows what his story was going to be. We won't know what it's going to be, but the fact that he was Did you, uh, crafting something professional and beautiful in his life and his, you know, kind of rediscovering his manhood and being a, a great father figure and being a great, you know, um, husband and just Mm -hmm. everything that he was doing in his family. I mean, the fact that like we were talking about the whole reason why he was doing the helicopter stuff was so he could be present at his daughter's games. I mean, like, yeah. Irony of all this. Yeah. I don't know if you saw over the weekend, uh, uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah. I guess there's his, uh, rock nation, uh, event. And, um, was it Black Excellence? Yeah, yeah, Black yeah, yeah, Excellence. yeah. It's the brunch, Rock Nation brunch. Yep. Yeah, they do it every. I was there too. You didn't see me in the background. I didn't see me. You're in the background. I looked through all the photos. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make one in you're the way background. Way in the back. It, it, it can't be way, 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 way back. But uh, but no, uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, he had a really dope uh, toast. Um, and uh, during his his uh, toast, he was talking about you know, you know, for a lot of those guys, you know, they're they're grown men, you know on their shit and everything. And it's like, you know, you had your time to grow up and it's like, like, how do you want your story to end? And I think that in, in this case, you, you could definitely tell with Kobe that he had so much invested as far as what was going to happen. Next course he had to, he won an Academy award. <laughs> like, like who, who would have even thought that that was something that was on his agenda? And, 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 let's, and let's be real. I mean, the fact that what you had just alluded to before, as far as like him being um, like a, a, a an older brother, big brother type of thing for the rest of the league. I don't think if it weren't for Kobe, LeBron wouldn't be doing the things that he was, he's doing off the, off the court as well too. philanthropy. Like to be, let's be real. I don't yeah. think he would be doing it to the level well, because I think Kobe I, was making that kind of, I mean, that's just my opinion. As no, far no, as no, like, I, I, I totally get it. And, um, I not to say that, that LeBron's not 
But I think that Kobe was instrumental as far as like you want to make sure to, as our boy Marshawn said, take care of your mentals, take care of your chicken. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I think that's basically what Kobe hit school a lot of this generation on. Yeah, but um, I I do have to give a a quick shout out to. uh, we got we got to give Italy their, their their props when they get when they ha- when they <laughs> when they do something right. This is the one time we yeah. give them their props. Yeah, they, they, no they, more they, than that. Because <laughs> um, uh, AC Milan, uh, you know, Kobe was a big fan of theirs. Like he used to talk about how he had kept scarves up in up in his locker um, back with the Lakers. Uh, they did they did a tribute to him, to him as well, and you know the fact that you know obviously everyone knows about. His background in Italy and everything. So, I think in some places in Italy, they're, they're talking about you know, basically having like a like a week long memoriam of him because you know like that's basically like his second home away from home. And you know, so for of course for those who don't know, uh, Kobe is named after a city in Japan. They they did uh, their tributes as well. And of course, um, you saw Neymar. Of course, that was like right after oh, the uh, two four, right after the, the news broke. You know, he he scored his goals doing uh, tributes to uh, to Kobe. Um, you know, you know. To, of course, we're recording this tonight on Tuesday. Uh, they were supposed to have the they Lakers were supposed and, to have the Lakers Clippers game, which I think that would have been such a whatever that does happen. It's gonna be such a surreal Dude. moment. Oh, it is going. Well, no, I won't say that. Because I mean, because you are because you already have the emotion just there anyway, and it's like okay, like you basically have. And uh, I was watching one of the shows the past couple of days because like you had Magic, you had Kareem. Like, n- there's no other pro athlete that's really been in the focus of of LA as long as Kobe has. Because you know, Magic had only had like a ten year career. Sandy Kovacs had a lip, had a, a shortened career. But Kareem, of course, he went from he went from UCLA to Milwaukee, man, then man. back. But like, he's the only one that like basically he had that whole arc where it's like I his just whole. Think he could have been a Charlotte Hornet. <laughs> just think about that. He could have been a Charlotte Hornet, but Jerry West made that deal. Yeah, yeah. On 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 a, on a draft day, but it, like that's that's wild. Like when you think about it, but um, if he was a Hornet. <laughs> that that would have been so like considering like you know just the type of person he is I'm like that would not have fit that much. I, I, I he would have left quickly anyway. Yeah, but uh, you know it's 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 totally unfortunate. You no, know, you know losing him, his daughter um, uh, passing ah, away in, in, in the in and the crash. Teammates, you know, mean, the teammates, coaches, the coach. Yep. and you know it's, it's it's a very sad sad event. And, and the pilot, I mean, you know, we, we like can't him, forget, every, and, everybody is glossing over the pilot. I mean, this man had a, you know, yeah. family as well, too, so. You know, and it's, like, you know, it's just like you said, I, I never expected to be as emotional as I was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because it just hit me on a lot, a lot of different levels. Like, you know, I, I go, we go back to that video of uh, him and his daughter from a couple of weeks ago. And I, like I, that's when I lost. I was, yeah, when the gift, the, the, it, what was started as a gift, now has like so much. It hits, it, hits, it hits a whole lot different. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, of course he lives. He leaves his wife, three other daughters. You, that, know, you know, got six a, months old. Got to, got to pick up the pieces there, and it's like, 
nobody asks her that, you know, like I've, um, for those who don't know, like, you know, I've, I, I wasn't near that young, that, that young when I lost my mom and just losing a parent just in general is right. just an earth shaking event. And especially in their case, like the, the relationship they would always talk about with, with um, with, uh, Kobe and his daughter, uh, Gianna, um, how they recon- basically connected over the game of basketball, like, like that, yeah, that just, that, that gets you. Because obviously, from what they were talking about with her, like, no, she was about to be that chick. No, yeah, she was about to jump off. Yeah. yeah. She was about to, she was, she developed a love for the game and she was becoming a student of the game, just like her dad. Um, did you see uh, UConn? Like they, they, yeah, they honor her before they play the U.S. Yeah, and um, it's, it's, it's <sighs> nah, it was it's crazy. I, I I think I put this on one of the socials for us. Is that I never thought I'd say this, but uh, L.A. needs a break. Last year, yeah, going from Nipsey to this, and then, and then the Dodgers got cheated by the by the Astros. Yeah, I mean, L.A. needs a break. I never thought I would say this, but yeah, L.A. needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. let's just start February. Let's just start 2020 over in February and just, you know, go from there. But, um, you know, but Kobe being man, you know, obviously we're going to, for you, especially being such a great ambassador for this game of, of soccer. We got to get some FTC gear for him. Yeah, man. It's, we got to be honored, the man. But, um, Legends collection, perhaps? TK's on that. So he see TK be on that merch brand. Legends collection, perhaps. That, that could work. That could work. Just saying, that could work. I think that would be uh, you know a, a good look. And then you know we should maybe do the twenty four seconds or something like that. We can do that. We can do or that. Eight or eight. Or I mean either one. Before before people start turning turn the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Is like, Yo. No, I don't well, know if y'all saw. Maybe on the more positive thing uh, or proactive. Uh, I like the. The take on taking the game of twenty one and to twenty eight, twenty four, twenty four. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. That's dope. Yeah, I thought it was a, a cool thing. Basically, you play twos and ones, and then if you don't, you miss the last shot on twenty four. You go back to eight. Aha! Aha! Okay. So all right, there's that. That's. I think it's a good look. You know. Well, I tell you this, yo. First time I balled in DC when I got a Howard, man. Like <laughs> it was crazy because. That was the first time I heard about the game 33. I was like, what the hell is 33? I, I, I still ain't heard of that. As, the, as they say in D.C., them Bamas, them Bamas played 33 up there. <laughs> you know what? I was like, 33? It's never in the game. <laughs> Nobody gets the game is in. It's it a while. Ends. There's a lot it of fouling going on. But, um, I'm talking about y'all, D.C. I love you, but <laughs> come on now. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, man, uh, I said salute to you, Kobe. You know, so your legacy will definitely live on both in basketball as well as in soccer too. Because, like I said, you you were truly an ambassador, truly an ambassador for the game. But, um, but yeah, we're going to take a quick break. On the flip side, we're going to do um, have our interview with uh, Mickey Turner with Sound at Heart. We're going to talk uh, the U.S. soccer lawsuits, uh, collective bargaining agreement, uh, and just uh, preseason uh, season soccer. Uh, know because that actually is still going on but um we'll catch y'all on the flip see y'all in a bit we'll be right back and we're gonna do eight seconds of silence for kobe 
in honor for all those who died this past weekend. And we'll be back after this ad. This is Ford of Culture here. We got Mickey Turner here from Sounder at Heart, man. Uh, how's, how's it going, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, yeah, we're just up here in the middle of uh, preseason training. And, uh, yeah, things pretty chill right now because they're out of the state. They're in California. So not a whole lot going on. We're just waiting for moves to happen uh, and the CBA to get finished. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's, that's the big thing for um, for this interview here is talking to the CBA. And actually, uh, you know, uh, preseason stuff because, of course, you know, we got bad out of you guys, defending champs and everything. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, um, but let's, let's actually uh, do a quick uh, uh, icebreaker. You know, we've, uh, we've been asking this question for most of our recent uh, uh, guests is, how did you fall in love with soccer? Oh, that's a fantastic question. And actually, uh, I would say I played soccer as a, as a little kid, fell out of it in the late uh, 80s, early 90s as I was getting ready to finish up high school, transitioned over to football. I played wide receiver. Uh, and then basically between 1990, oh, I'd say 1993 and 2009, had no, uh, no real affiliation with soccer at all. Didn't really pay attention. I uh, was just doing the kind of standard uh, big three sports and college sports. Uh, and then Actually, uh, 2009, March Madness, uh, MLS season was coming into, uh, was starting up, and I was with a bunch of friends at uh, watching March Madness, mm -hmm. and the Sounders were playing their inaugural game, uh, first game ever in MLS against uh, the Red Bulls, yeah. and I, they had, the bar I was at had like 40 TVs, and I'd say 39 of them were on NCAA games, oh, wow. one TV on the Sounders. Uh, opening game and I was just basically transfixed uh, on that game from the start you know the atmosphere uh, the play was uh, was fun and yeah it was just basically love at first sight at that point and I uh, haven't looked back since yeah I, I remember that that first game pretty well I remember getting put on the Freddie Montero and I was like yeah. oh this they're for real because like of course before Atlanta you know came in like of course everyone was kind of like you know the big club was really Seattle and just you know the big crowds and just, uh, you know, the atmosphere was unlike anything that MLS had really kind of presented for for a while. And, um, like, of course, y'all have still been doing your thing since then. Uh, uh, MLS has named Seattle the team of the decade. And I, I think it's, it's it's entirely deserved, you know, just given the work that y'all have done up there. Um, but uh, so, like, kind of give us a back, background course. Uh, not only do you do you uh, write for a signer at heart, you also are a lawyer. And... Uh, so, like, I, I followed you on Twitter for a while. So, like, I know that basically what caught my attention with you is, uh, of course, you, you, you following the CBA work, the, the uh, you know, following uh, free agency, following, uh, and, of course, following the Sounders as well. Like, what um, what about that kind of, like, I guess, was it your legal background that kind of kind of caught your interest in, in, that, in that regard? Yeah, yeah. So, I would say uh, I was just, you know, kind of a standard uh, fan. I was... Uh, you know, in college, I did uh, major in journalism as well as poli sci. So I was, a, you know, I wrote for the school newspaper, uh, sports writer, you know, uh, just general, you know, newsy stuff uh, on campus. And so I, I have a journalism background. Mm -hmm. But after college, I decided to go to law school uh, instead. So I became a lawyer, uh, you know, been practicing ever since. 
Uh, and then as I started to get more interested in soccer, uh, I got more interested in the legal aspect of things. And that kind of started off with the uh, NASL lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation. Mm -hmm. And just kind of digging through the papers there, uh, posting stuff, writing my thoughts. You know, they, they tried to sue or they tried to get an injunction against the Federation to let them play uh, the NASL. And people just started kind of following from there, uh, enjoyed my insights. Uh, which, you know, is always flattering to have people want to want to hear what you have to say. Uh, and so that's kind of where my, uh, you know, my love of soccer and sports generally kind of met with my uh, legal background, met with my journalism background, and it just kind of, uh, you know, blossomed from there. So that's kind of where I got my start. So that was uh, 2017, I think September, uh, when the NASL sued. So I've been basically doing this uh, part of my career, I guess, for lack of a better uh, description, uh, since, uh, you know, late 2017. Yeah, so like, where does that uh, lawsuit stand? Because like, it seemed like uh, like U.S. soccer and MLS is kind of like, they, especially U.S. soccer, like they've kind of caught like a snowball of lawsuits in the past couple of years. Because you have the NSL lawsuit, you have the uh, women's national team lawsuit, um, uh, the teams who's, um, who who uh, developed uh, DeAndre Yedlin, they yeah. they tried to sue like. What does what yeah, what does that NESL uh, lawsuit stand? Yeah, so I actually updated my. Uh, I, I wrote a uh, kind of a primer on every lawsuit that the federation was yeah. involved in, kind of needed, uh, or actually every lawsuit in soccer, uh, yeah. uh, and kind of a status update at the end of 2019. Uh, that specific lawsuit that's going to trial uh, pretty soon. In fact, I think discovery, uh, which if you don't know what that is, is basically it, uh, exchanging information on each side. Mm -hmm. uh, that process is scheduled to close. I think it closes maybe like tomorrow, something like that. I'll have to, have to double check on that. Um, and so once that is done, uh, it is going to go to trial unless it gets uh, dismissed uh, on a motion, which will probably happen. The Federation will probably file a motion to dismiss the case or file a summary judgment motion is what uh, what's likely to happen. So, uh, But as of now, that's scheduled to go to, uh, to trial in, I think, late spring, early fall. Um, it might be a little later than that. Like I said, I'll have to check. But, yeah. Uh, it's good. That's full steam ahead. And, you know, the Federation is just going to fight that one out to the end because uh, they've tried to settle it and it hasn't gone anywhere. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see that one uh, go to trial. Uh, hopefully I can get out there to cover it because that'd be fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And of course, uh, with with all these lawsuits, uh, I know it came out a few weeks back that like uh, U.S. soccer is losing a lot of money because of all these all these lawsuits. What's what's uh, basically because. At least from from my point of view, because I've been following soccer pretty heavily for the last 15 years, and I know that at least the last five, they've been talking about, you know, U.S. soccer has this surplus, and then it's like, okay, it seems like they kind of need it for for this lawsuit. So, uh, but um, but yeah, so like, how how is how is how have these lawsuits kind of affected, uh, you know, U.S. soccer's ability to do, basically do basic business? Uh. I think at this point it's been more of a distraction than anything else. I mean, sure, they are spending a lot of money. Uh, and what you referenced is they came out with their uh, financial, audited financial statements and then their budget for the next, uh, I think, three or four years. Uh, and basically, they have spent in the last two years about $9 million uh, on attorney's fees alone. Mm. And I think that, that may be projected through the next year, but either way, $9 million is a lot of money, um, especially for a nonprofit organization. And you referenced the surplus that they had, which was around 150 million. And that, you know, I think by the end of 2022 or 2023, that's supposed to be whittled down to about 40 million dollars. Oh, so wow. uh, 40, I'm actually about 50 million dollars, actually. 
and actually talked to them directly about that. And they were like, yes, uh, a portion of that is just these lawsuits that we're, uh, we're subject to. And there's not much you can really do about it unless you decide to settle them all, uh, pay them out, uh, or you know, you have the other option is basically to fight them to the end. And the Federation isn't going to settle those. They actually have a good record in these lawsuits in the past. They, I, I can't think of one that they've lost specifically. Um, wow. Uh, but yeah, coming up now, uh, you know, they got the women's national team lawsuit, like you said. Uh, they've got this uh, federation law or the uh, NASL lawsuit, which is going to go to trial. And then they've got the U.S. Soccer Foundation. Hope Solo is suing them. Uh, so it's it's a lot of a uh, lot of attorneys' fees are being racked up. And uh, at this point, I'm not. It's not going to end anytime soon. Uh, they will probably be in trial on a number of these lawsuits for the foreseeable future. Uh, unless they can get them dismissed. Uh, and, you know, a couple of them, they probably will get dismissed here and there. But, you know, uh, if they any of them don't, there's going to be a lot more money that's going to be spent here in the next couple of years. That's crazy. Where do things uh, stand right now with the women's lawsuits? Um, I know there were a lot of things that came out last year as far as, um, of course, the initial filing to begin with. And then uh, I know, I think it was like the last, the last major update I saw was... I think it was October when um, they were talking about the, uh, I think they were still move, moving forward. And uh, uh, my mind is up like uh, I wish. The class action. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, they were they were trying to get certified as a class action, uh, which basically means they sue as a group. Uh, it's a, you know, it's say with Hope Solo, I thought they were like, were they combining the, the lawsuits? Oh. Well, Hope Solo was trying to get in on that, but uh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it was rejected. Her, her her attempt to get in there was rejected. So it's basically the other 30 or so women who have sued, uh, they're now suing as a class action, which, again, just mean, basically means they sue as one entity, so to speak, mm-hmm. against the Federation, which basically prevents a bunch of different uh, people suing um, on different grounds or the same grounds, and then you get inconsistent verdicts as to one person or another. And, you know, just, it, it, you know, saves a lot of money as well. So uh, that's where it currently stands. It is set to go to trial, uh, I think, this spring, actually. So uh, this is another one that is, is good to keep an eye on because they're going to be, uh, again, the Federation is going to be uh, up to their eyeballs in trials here shortly. Um, mm-hmm. And they've tried to settle it. Um, my, I've actually talked to U.S. Soccer about that. They estimate that it would take probably about 10 to $11 million if they were to just settle the case outright and give the women the back pay and benefits that they're asking for. Um, I, I, what I've heard is that one of the hangups is the attorney's fees on this, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Kessler is, uh, who's one of the most famous sports antitrust attorneys out there. He's through the Federation a number of times. Stands mm-hmm. make a decent amount of money if, if a settlement is reached. And so I think that's part of the reason why the Federation is balking because they don't want to pay his attorney's fees. Uh, you know, again, that, that's going to range a couple million dollars probably. Um, and so we'll see what happens. Uh, it does, again, that's another one that looks like it's going to trial, although I, I, I tend to think it may settle, but there's still some time to go uh, before a settlement is reached on that one. I, I haven't heard anything to say that they're even close to getting a settlement done. There are some uh, I, I've been meeting to, to uh, tweet you about um, uh, regarding uh, that lawsuit. So, like, how is... Was there a, 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 an existing arrangement already in place that that basically said, okay, the women are still going to play all these glorified friendlies um, post-World Cup, and 
uh, despite the lawsuit? Like, like what, what was the arrangement there? I th there wasn't any rate. You know, the women are operating under a collective bargaining agreement. It doesn't even expire for another three years, I think. Two oh, okay, years. okay, okay. So they were, you know, they were required to play. The only thing that uh, was done this summer during the Women's World Cup is the parties agreed basically to put the lawsuit on hold because they didn't want, uh, you know, motions being filed and arguments being made while the women were fighting the lawsuit. Um, so it basically, there was a timeout called um, over the Women's World Cup, so the party, you know, so the women could focus on winning the World Cup, which was. You know, they obviously won, and you know, it benefited nobody to have the lawsuit going on, and they're them to potentially be distracted, um, and you know, that potentially cost the the World Cup. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's dig into this uh, CBA. Yeah. So, um, of course, I, I read um, uh, your articles that you uh, posted on Sounded Heart. You know, you had a five part series, free agency conversation, budget rules conditions and if we can get a deal so let's let's start from the backward backward because we still have about a week left before the existing cba uh expires now uh starting from the top what is the cba let's 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 make it simple for everybody yeah uh, the cba is it's a an agreement between union and management they happen all over the country well stick to, well state of the united states uh, mm -hmm. we're, we're sticking with u.s laws you know, you know, unions and, and, and management have these types of agreements uh, all over the place, which govern everything from salaries to working conditions to disciplinary issues, um, you know, salary minimums, and everything is included in that to uh, have it so that a business can operate uh, between management and its employees. Uh, you know, these agreements come up and expire from time to time. No one signs a permanent CBA for, uh, you know, an infinite length of time. Yeah. Uh, because conditions change, obviously. Uh, and so this current one was signed in 2015 and expires, uh, as you say, on uh, January 31st, 2020, which is in less than a week. Uh, that doesn't mean that there's going to be a strike on February 1st. It just means that there will not be an updated agreement uh, at that time. I don't think anybody is expecting an agreement to be reached before the 31st. So that means that, in theory, the players will be um, playing without a, a new CBA. Mm -hmm. uh, that does not mean that, there's, again, there's not going to be a strike because there aren't games that are going to be played until the end of February. Um, I guess mid-February for some teams uh, like uh, Atlanta, for example, and the Sounders are going to be participating in CCL. That could, in theory, be in jeopardy. Um, I don't see, I haven't had any indication that that will be, uh, that will be a problem. So the real deadline probably is the, right before the start of the season. So uh, the season starts on February 29th for most teams. There's a couple teams that start on the first. So there, that is, you know, February 28th. Uh, probably mark that down as the drop dead date for there to be a deal in place. Okay. And like I said, uh, starting back from, from the back of your series, do you think that what is – how can I ask this question correctly? Um, what are the players looking for with with their deal? And I guess what are the owners looking for with 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 the deal? Yeah, so let's start with the owners because we haven't heard uh, boo from them uh, this entire mm -hmm. time, which is not a surprise. Uh, in 2015, when I you know, before I was covering this as uh, as a journalist and just as a fan, um, even back then the uh, uh, MLS, the owners, the league didn't comment at all on the progress of CBA negotiations. It's just their policy. 
They don't want owners uh, getting talking out of turn. Uh, even you know MLSsoccer.com, which is again uh, an arm of the of the league, but you know uh, even their kind of you know quote unquote journalistic uh, arm, uh, which you know like guys like Matt Doyle, Andrew uh, Weeby, um, and the writers, they didn't write about it at all. Um, and it's just a policy that they have. As far so we don't know what they want to you know particularly, except you know they want cost control, uh, cost certainty, player control. Uh, you know they want to. You know, improve the product without spending as much money uh, or spending as little money as they can. You know, the same as any other management ownership uh, group, they're trying to make sure they're saving uh, as much money as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the players' part, I put it obviously in the series that you referenced on Sounder at Heart, which basically they're uh, the players put out. Uh, I would say it was probably about uh, three weeks ago. I'd say at this point, three weeks to a month ago, they launched a website which outlined the priorities. That they're looking at, uh, which is uh, you know, free agency, uh, compensation, working conditions, and a change to the budget rules. Uh, they basically want more freedom for player movement, which means they want uh, a, uh, improved free agency. They want additional money, uh, compensation. They want, uh, as far as budget rules, they want things simplified, uh, which means that they want to get rid of uh, things like TAM and uh, allocation order and, and then things like that. And then working conditions. Uh, you know, that's where we get into stuff like charter flights, uh, you know, uh, you know, per diems, uh, how much money they have to spend on the road, things like that. Uh, and so those are the four, you know, pillars that the players are looking at uh, to see improvements to get a deal. And the last I've heard, uh, they are still some ways away from uh, reaching an agreement. Uh, they say they've made progress. They say things are on a more positive, uh, you know, uh, the discussions and talks are more positive than they have been in the past. And that's probably because they've been working on these issues for a couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, but they're still not close to a deal uh, at this point. And there certainly is the chance that uh, they could strike. Uh, we could probably talk about kind of the historical nature of what happened back in 2015, because that kind of informs uh, how things can go this time around too. Yeah. The, uh, I, I remember the 2015 uh, uh, negotiations pretty well. And, um, uh, it seemed like even back then, especially coming off of, uh, at least from what I've, I've noticed, the league would, would always kind of like piggyback off the success of the national team and like and how they did in the World Cup. You're in a different um, environment now to where the national team's down at the moment, and you can, it's at least from my perspective, it's, it looks like the league, league is kind of, they're kind of showing signs of where they might be able to do things on their own. At least, at least they're starting to get there. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I feel like uh, back in uh, 2015, especially when it came to free agency, uh, the opportunity was there for greater rights, and they kind of left a lot on the table. Um, tell us about like what uh, what they got back in 2015, and as compared to what they're trying to get now. Yeah, that's a, that's a good place to start because in 2015, the holy grail for the Players Association was to get free agency. There was no free agency whatsoever in MLS. They controlled a player's rights in the league. So if a player was out of contract uh, in MLS, no matter how long they played and uh, no matter how, how old they were, they could not. Uh, the team that owned their rights continued to own their rights in the league, which means that the player either had to agree to a contract that uh, MLS uh, offered them. Um, or they had to uh, go overseas um, out of the country, um, and or if they had you know had an offer overseas, maybe they could leverage that to mm-hmm. get a better deal from MLS. But uh, 
you know, again, uh, especially in 2015, there weren't a whole lot of players being transferred overseas or looking to leave overseas. And so you were kind of stuck basically with what MLS offered you. Unless you wanted to go try to find an offer in in a second, um, you know, sec in the Norwegian second division, or something like that. So this time around, all right. So say in 2015, they did manage to get free agency, um, limited though it is. It, you know, the current status of it is you have to be 28 years old with eight years of service in MLS um, if you want to uh, exercise free agency. And even if you have that, uh, the free agency that you have is is limited. Uh, the number of team, the number of free agents a team can sign currently is only two. And there's a limit to how much money you can make going from one team to another. Uh, it basically goes from you can get, a, I think, a 15% raise if, or 25% raise if you're making $100,000 or less. Uh, and it goes you can make 15% more if you're making over $250,000. So uh, even the amount you can make is extremely limited. And then there's also restrictions on uh, you know, designated players. If a designated player goes and isn't out of, is out of contract and is a free agent, but their team offers them uh, a certain amount of money, they lose their free agency status. So this, that happened to Ozzy Alonso, or would have happened, the Sounders declined to do that. Uh, but they could have offered him a contract at less than what he was making, and he would have lost his free agent rights. Um, wow. And so th they didn't do that because they knew it would make them look terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, one of the, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, uh, you know, it's not something that necessarily is going to be offered by a team to hold up their rights because that, again, would be a terrible look. But that is a restriction on the free agency process. So this time around, the players are looking for less service years, uh, so go from eight, say, six or five, and then to lower the age, say, to go from 28 to, like, 20, you know, 27 or 26. Um, I think they would probably be happy with something along those lines because that gets more players into the free agency process at a younger age. And I think that, you know, to be fair, I think the league – is is okay with that and will give some ground on that uh mm -hmm. but it's also some of the other things like i said the you know the limits on how much you can make going from uh your old team to a new team that may still be a, a, an issue for the players so free agency i think uh I, t I used to think that it was an issue that won't be uh, a major problem to resolve but depending on how much movement the players want and what other restrictions are like they have lifted that could still be a talking point uh, going into these negotiations. So that's definitely something to look out for. Um, but the players were able to get some limited free agency in 2018, um, and that was the main thing they were looking for. And as you say, they left some other things on the table to get it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, like, of course, you kind of segue right into uh, what I was um, about to get into, of course. Last week, uh, the big news was Julian Russell getting traded from Atlanta to D.C. Um, and him getting um, the big money deal that he wanted to get uh, that he wanted to get all along. Um, he's instead of getting it here, he's like he got it in uh, D.C. Um, and of course, you kind of like I said, you just had a similar situation with uh, with Ozzy Alonso. Um, I definitely see the, the the point of view as far as. Um, you know, the team doesn't want to look look bad and, you know, try to treat a, uh, a club legend, uh, you know, wrong, especially if they're on the way out. Um, but um, what what is it about, about the uh, the is it a, is it the cap issue? Is it more so a free agency issue as far as it sounds like it might probably be more of a cap issue as far as what's causing teams to not be able to retain their players long term? Yeah. So I would say it's like it's about three issues. Okay. Uh, 
it's it's a, a cap issue for uh, for one thing, and then uh, a budget rule issue for another thing, and then there's also the TAM uh, portion of things. Okay. Uh, going to the, let's start with the budget rule, uh, which is uh, I think kind of what got uh, Atlanta crossed up uh, with Russell, uh, assuming that they wanted to resign him um, at what they thought was his market rate. Um, mm -hmm. That was a difficult thing for them because TAM allows uh, teams, obviously, to buy down players from a high dollar value to around $150,000. Um, and there's only so much of that to go around. The Players Association, and, and the other thing I should note is that MLS in the past has held control over what types of players could get those TAM deals. Um, out here in Seattle, uh, Stephen Fry and Jovan Jones uh, had TAM deals rejected by the league, and Joe Jones actually went over to Germany to get, you know, to get his payday before he came back here finally on a TAM deal. And so the league exercising some control uh, obviously had some issue. Now I don't know if the league was rejecting Julian Gressel's uh, TAM contract to the extent one was offered by by Atlanta, um, but assuming that they uh, they weren't, and uh, it was just a matter, and this is kind of where the budget issue or the cap rule comes in excuse me, to play, you know, there's a, a cap uh, or salary budget of around, I think it's about $4.3 million. And you've got to keep your, your players under that amount. Um, what the league, or what the players would like to see happen, and this presumably would have helped Atlanta keep Russell, is to see that tan rolled into the cap, into the salary budget. And so um, right now, the league gives each team $1.2 million in TAM, and then each team can buy another $2.8 million in discretionary TAM, uh, which basically comes out of their own pocket. What, mm -hmm. the, what the players would like to see is just to say, hey, let's roll that uh, $4 million. Just put that on the salary budget. And so you go from a $4.5 million, $4 million budget to an $8.5 million budget, and you can spend the money um, how you see fit, which that would, again, presumably allow Atlanta to keep Julian Russell um, and pay him uh, a competitive wage. Um, but I'm uh, at this point. I'm not sure if the league is ready to do that. Number one, that'd be a massive increase in the actual salary budget. It would double it essentially. You went from 4.5 to you know 8.5. That's almost double. And so, the now, league... I heard, now I heard something uh, back last year that I, I think it like kind of came out of uh, Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken. They were talking about they were open to possibly even tripling the cap. Uh, I don't know, of course. Since no one's talking, there's no way really, no way of knowing like if that's anywhere near accurate. But yeah, I, I definitely uh, get where they're coming from. It's, at least as far as doubling the cap. But yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, the problem with that, uh, number one, that's a number that's a major expansion of the salary budget. But I think the more important thing is that if you lock this into the CBA, uh, the the increase in the and the salary budget, that means the league le loses the control over TAM. Currently, target allocation money works completely outside of the collective bargaining agreement, which means the league controls it. They can add, subtract, or take away TAM entirely um, right now, and the players have no recourse. You couldn't do that in the salary if it was in the CBA. You mm -hmm. The league couldn't come in and say, all right, the budget now is $8.5 million. Well, we just decided we're going to cut it to $6.5 million. But they could say, we're taking away $2 million worth of TAM right now. And so... Mm -hmm. That is where the real problem is, if, from the league's perspective, if they were to include TAM in the salary budget. Um, and so that is why I'm somewhat skeptical that they are going to be willing to just 
hand that four million dollars over to the over to the uh, over to the players essentially. And, mm-hmm. um, the players certainly would love that. They absolutely hate Tam Bob Foose, who's the executive director, has said on multiple occasions he would uh, just assume Tam be uh, fired into the sun. Um, they hate <laughs> He said it's a. It's, he said this directly. It's it's a it's a bad word. They consider it an ex- expletive, basically, and so it's not something they want to see happen. So the real issue, and what I'm not convinced of, and why there may be a strike, is that if this is really a deal breaker, I don't. You know, if MLS is wants to keep control over those tan dollars, then you're you're likely to see a strike because the the you know the players absolutely hate it, and so it's going to be tough for them to come to a deal. Um, at least if if they're asking for that entire bulk of money, that entire tranche of money to be moved to the budget, because I, I'm I'm skeptical the league is willing to give up that control right now. Gotcha, gotcha. So if um, if we if we do see a strike, when do you think that would be? Around the uh, March, you know, the March or anything? Uh, so, uh, so like I said, uh, the the uh, CBA ends on the 31st. There's not going to be a strike on the 31st or the first, um, unless things completely fall apart. Like MLS says, uh, we're not doing anything, and the players at that point say, yeah, we have to strike. Um, as long as they're working in good faith, you've got another month. So we're talking the end of February before you'd have to see a decision on the strike. Uh, so that means they would continue to practice and play those CCL games, first-round games. That is a point of leverage for the players because they are not required, if there's not a CBA, they're not required to play those CCL games. So that is obviously something that would be a disaster for the league to not play those games, especially you know with the teams they got in, LAFC, Atlanta, Seattle, Toronto, and New York City. Those are arguably the five biggest teams in MLS yeah. excluding the Galaxy. That's the only other team you could argue is in the top. So they've got the best teams in MLS right now in Champions League. They've got some favorable matchups, uh, and so they it's an express uh, desire of the league to win that competition. This seems to be as good a chance as any. So the players have a leverage point. That is a pressure point that they can press on the league to get a deal done because if they don't think they're close to a deal, then they may not play those games. Um, if they think that there is a chance for a deal and they're close to, to reaching one, then yeah, even if they don't have the CBA done, then yeah, they'll play those games because they'll, they'll feel that everybody's working in good faith and they're ready. You know, they're, they're close to a deal. And then, so that, that point, assuming they're playing the CB, uh, CCL games, then your deadline, your, I think your drop dead date is about February 28th because the players aren't going to spend, you know, two or three months working under the old CBA while they negotiate a new deal. They'll want at least a deal in principle by the start of the MLS season. So if they're kind of close, but not really, then the players are probably going to have to make the decision at that point to strike. Um, number one, to show that they have the fortitude to do so. Um, and number two, to get the ownership back to the table if things are, you know, kind of, you know, veering off track. So how does it look at, um, as far as like, like how, how would it work essentially if, if they didn't play CCL uh, matches, like would it basically be like the games are just forfeited or like how did, how, what would happen there? I would have to check with CONCACAF on that. They obviously are the ones that run that competition specifically, but if the players don't show up, then those are going to be three nil forfeits. Most likely that's a typical, uh, you know, forfeiting, uh, uh, you know, that's a typical provision when you, you, when you don't show up or don't play a game, you forfeit and it's a three nil loss. So, mm-hmm. 
that would, you know, if you do that in the first week and then you come to a deal, uh, and so you're playing the second round games, but you lost yeah. the first round 3 0, that's not an optimal uh, condition, uh, position for MLS to be in. So that's why I say, um, if it if it looks like they're not coming to a deal, then you know that that before that first round is really where you know they're going to need to come uh, have a come to Jesus moment, um, so to speak, uh, to figure out what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, so that you know they would presumably forfeit those games, and that would basically be the end of MLS in that competition. You'd have to wonder if they'd even bother playing those second round matches, second round. game or deal in between the first and second rounds because yeah. again, three no forfeits, you know, you're you're most likely not coming back with that. Absolutely. Um, so, like, I guess, like, I guess, big picture, like, how if if you're commissioner of MLS, like, you're taking Garber's spot, like, how do you, what do you think will will happen as far as what will we see in this in this new CBA? I think. Oh, I think. So, first of all, there's going to be a deal at some point. Yeah. This is not like you know. The league's not going to go. The league's not going to go away. Um, so there will be a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that again, yeah. You just you reference uh, all of the expansion teams. There's another pressure point uh, for MLS. They are accepting um, expansion dollars from uh, what we got five teams coming in, and you know, including if you include National and then Inter Miami, yeah. uh, you've got I think five teams coming in in the next three years. That's about a, over. Uh, that's about a billion dollars in uh, probably closer to one point five billion dollars in expansion fees. They are going to realize uh, from those those five teams. And so, number one, they you know they're certainly not giving that money up. Uh, and you know, number two, that's gonna that would provide that'd be a disaster, especially for Inter Miami and National. Who haven't played a game, and you got National, which is, there's been reports that they've been struggling uh, to uh, sell season tickets. That would be an absolute disaster for the league. Uh, to not have those teams opening up as as scheduled. So again, I got another uh, pressure point for the uh, players to apply. Uh, conversely, the players, the pressure point the owners have on the players is the owners have all the money. Uh, the players, you know, while a, many a, a good number of them make very good money, some of them are millionaires. Uh, the large majority of them are not, and some of them are uh, making less than your average teacher or uh, you know uh, office worker. Uh, you know, you know the, the minimum salaries are right now around fifty-five to sixty-five thousand dollars, which is you know not terrible money. But again, you're not getting rich off off that kind of uh, of that kind of money. So those players don't have nearly the ability to hold out for more than a month or two uh, before they start to feel the pinch. Um, you know, they've got mortgages or, or rent they've got to pay. They've got loans they've got to pay, all that kind of stuff. So again, there are pressure points on both sides, uh, and so just from a global perspective. There's going to be a deal at some point. I, at this point, I think it's 50-50 that there's going to be a holdout of some sort. I think they've got a lot of lot of work they still have to do, even though they've been working on this for since 2018. And I talked to Harry Ship, one of the the Sounders player reps, mm-hmm. about about this issue back in 2018, um, and he said, that, "Yeah, we've been you know talking uh, back and forth." Uh, and uh, you know, trying to get things done because in the 2015, they literally signed the deal. The deal the, about midnight before the first game was about to to start. So, yeah. uh, you know, this time around, they've tried to be a bit more diligent about getting that stuff done. But again, they're still far away at this point. There's a lot of issues they got to uh, get through. So, um, I, I kind of go back and forth, in which is, you know, I hate you know, I hate fence sitting at this point. But yeah. at this point, there's just not enough information 
to say uh, one way or the other that there's going to be a deal before the start of the season. And that's really what we're talking about here. So at this point, I'd say it's 50-50 that there's going to be a, a holdout of some sort. The players, again, the players may need to do that to show that they can and to show the owners that they're serious because especially based on what happened in 2015, uh, where the players, uh, by all accounts, left a lot on the table, even though they're, they're a little sensitive to that criticism um, for, for some legitimate reasons. Uh, when I talked to the Players Association about it, they said that basically... Yeah. <laughs> MLS put a significant amount of pressure on them to sign the deal. Um, even after the players had voted the strike, uh, MLS came back with an improved deal and basically said, if you don't sign it, well, they didn't threaten, but they basically said the repercussions of a strike would be disastrous on the league. And they, they convinced the players of that. I don't know if that kind of rhetoric is going to work this time around, um, but uh, you know, MLS is not the NFL or the NBA uh, as far as relevance or popularity is concerned. So, um, they, you know, even baseball lost a lot of fans when they had the strike back in 94. So whether MLS could survive something like that is, is, is an open question. So again, that's kind of a pain point for everybody, uh, because, uh, if they, you know, they can't be, they, they're not in a position to lose a, a, a large percentage of fans. Yeah. Uh, just a personal opinion. I think that, that's what I read. that, um, <laughs> well, I think that there's, they have some leeway with a strike, but at the same time, they can't go on. Like they, they can't like lose the season, you know, um, you know, because of a work stoppage like that. They can't go that far with it, with it, because that would just kill a, a ton of momentum there. But um, yeah, yeah uh, the players do have fan fan support as opposed to the other leagues where you get you know yeah. you know you get fans complaining about billionaires fighting with millionaires. You're not you know, MLS. You don't have all millionaires playing. You've got right. again, you've got fifty and sixty thousand dollar a year players. Uh, so you can't really, uh, you know, claim that it's a bunch of spoiled brats just uh, uh, fighting over the money. So you've got, you know, yeah. And then you're not far off the years when they were making 12 or $13,000. So, yeah, I saw an article, uh, I think it was on the athletic uh, post a couple of days ago, just, you know, yeah. talking about how, you know, players, they, they, it wasn't that long ago where they, they were making 12,000 and then, you know, having to get, have, have each other as roommates or, you know, get, uh, or get guest, guest host, uh, you know, the, the play in a certain city like that. It's, it wasn't that long ago, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, let's, let's say hopefully, you know, of course we'll still be following uh, that through, you know, the rest of this week and, you know, hopefully not too far into, uh, to, uh, first of the season. Yeah. But, uh, but how are your guys how looking um, so far in the preseason? Um, well, they haven't, uh, they haven't made too many moves. Uh, the CBA has been the overwhelming uh, reason why, at least according to Garth uh, Lagerwey, who's the Sounders uh, GM, president of soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only moves they've uh, ha- uh, done at this point is uh, we signed Harry Ship and uh, signed Shane O'Neill, uh, former Orlando City uh, center back. They, I'm expecting that they're going to have two moves to announce uh, this week, uh, unless something falls apart. They're bringing in a couple of uh, pretty high-profile players. Uh, um, whose names escape me at the moment, <laughs> but uh, these will be these will be players that will uh, significantly assist them in their CCL hopes. Uh, they definitely fill a couple of holes uh, after losing uh, Roman Torres to Inter Miami. Um, Kim Ki Hee uh, has left parts unknown. It doesn't sound like he's going to be back. Mm-hmm. And then Brad Smith, their left back, uh, he's back at yeah, Bournemouth in the Premier League. Uh, so 
they've been very quiet on the transaction front, and Garth has said uh, specifically the CBA is why. And that's probably been why there's not been a whole lot of moves around the league, although that's starting to change a little bit um, yeah. now. Um, and that makes me that makes me think a little bit more positively about the outlook for a CBA because these moves wouldn't be happening if they were so far apart that it looked like a strike was happening. Um, so, uh, you know, to bring it back briefly to, to the CBA negotiations, I think the fact that you know Sounders are starting to make some moves uh, and other teams are as well does bode a little well for uh, CBA, uh, you know, talks going forward. And so, if the Sounders get these two deals over the line, then they're pretty much complete at this point, and they probably need another center back. Uh, aside from the one they're potentially going to sign out of Columbia. Uh, and then they've got uh, a defensive midfielder that they're, they're bringing in as well. And then, and then they're going to move Christian Roldan out to the wing probably uh, to play. And so uh, he's done well there, and they they perform well when he's been out there. So uh, if they get those two moves over the line, then they're pretty much set for CCL. They need a depth move here or there. But, uh, you know, they're, they're looking all right if they get these two moves done. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you have something? No, man, I don't think I uh, too much on Sounders. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, I've been following you for, for a good minute here, and um, I, I noticed, you know, I think it was like maybe like September. I was like, hold up. Biggie looks a lot slimmer than he used to. And, <laughs> and then I, I, I saw that you had actually made a post about it. Like, I think you had lost like a good, like 60, 70 pounds. Like, well, what... One, I, I'm sure it was probably something health related, but like, what caused you know this that, that life change? Like, what what uh, what went into that? Oh well, thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, that was basically uh, a year before my uh, daughter had take. We were out at, at Sounders training actually, and we were playing around on one of the training fields, and she took a picture of me, and I saw the picture, and it was not the most flattering picture mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that I've ever seen, and you know, so seeing kind of staring that in the face was one thing, and then I was just generally starting to have some health issues, uh, you know, uh, not being able to run around, uh, you know, uh, snoring apparently was, uh, was an issue. Oh, God. Uh, well, I'm yeah. <laughs> so at that point, uh, I just started to, you know, diet and exercise, man. It was, uh, was, uh, you know, the, my theme for the next uh, year. And that basically, I uh, started, I think I, I weighed in at about 220. And then, uh, you know, about a year later, when I made that post, I was down to about 160 or so. So, yeah, uh, yeah, right. just yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been great. I feel so much better, uh, and it's definitely uh, something uh, if you're looking to do it, uh, it, it, it can be done with a little bit of hard work and uh, you know, dedication. Uh, but it's definitely, I feel much better, and it's definitely, it's definitely worth uh, worth all the effort. Absolutely, yeah. Congratulations on it. Yeah, definitely keep that up. Uh, it's it's definitely something that I said. The snoring hits home. So just yeah. <laughs> it's not pleasant uh, for people to be around. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I definitely uh, uh, thank you for, uh, for for coming on. Of course, uh, where where can they uh, they find you on on the socials and on Center Heart? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Turner ESQ. That's T U R N E R ESQ. And then, as you said, I write uh, primarily for Sounder Heart and my own website, SoccerESQ.com. And then I also contribute at the Athletic on occasion when there's a uh, pressing legal issue uh, to uh, that comes out. Uh, so uh, the next time there's a lawsuit, uh, you can be sure I'll be on it. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, thank you for uh, for coming on. Like I said, we'll definitely be following up with the with the CB and all of U.S. Soccer's many many lawsuits. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep in touch. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. 
And we are back. Thanks to Mickey for coming on the show, talking to us, educating us. Um, I'm actually kind of nervous about about what he told us about the about the TAM because that could really change things up a whole lot. Basically, if they put the TAM into the cap, then then it makes sense in theory. But at the same time, I I actually I actually came in thinking that hey, TAM actually has a purpose. Can, uh, I'm I'm waiting for all right. So you know how like. Harvard and all these like Ivy League schools are doing like uh they're doing whole like classes on like hip hop and this and that whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for them to actually start doing MLS CBA and MLS Tam Gam Dam Pam Sam Bam 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 Samalama Ding Dong on <laughs> it. I, there needs to be like an Ivy League course on this because we continue to make it more complicated. Um, and, and the crazy thing there, especially after talking to Mickey, um, I don't think that we're going to get everything that <laughs> that the players should get. Because um, right now the league is in a, in, a, in a really weird spot because, you know, you know, like the past decade, you basically had MLS kind of riding, kind of cloud chasing behind the U.S. national team. And now... don't know why. I mean, remember, like <laughs> half a decade, the U.S. was was still decent, at least until until Clinton got fired. And then it's like you reach basically you reached a point where it's like, okay, the U.S. team started going this way, and let's start going this way as far as its own growth. And now you're kind of at the point where it's like, personally, I, I don't think that the that MLS needs the national team as much as they used to. But at the same time, they still need them because you still have twenty twenty six in the in the distant future, in the not too distant future. So it's going to be very interesting to see, see like how it all gets reconciled. Of course, from what he was saying, we still got like the the, the current CBA expires at the end of the week. That's three days or two days, two and two and a half in the possible. Two, two but possible. don't worry, two and a possible. But um. Like I said, he got we got basically like the end of next month before shit starts hitting the fans. So, like I said, we'll be keeping an eye, eye on that. But um, we'll be doing a counter on the CBA. How many counters do we have? Speaking of counters, I'm sorry, we'll do a countdown. Oh no, no. But yeah, what, what up? Well, no, there there yeah. was still some yeah. shit that went yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. still shit that went down, so our counter has reset. Yeah, but uh, it's, it, it's funny because you know we had a discussion before, like. They try to want to say they. Uh, they is usually the man. You people. <laughs> Who uh, is you people? <laughs> what do you mean, you, you people? people? Who are you talking about? Well, the people I'm talking about is the the, the Italian Serie A league. Um, how there's been a lot of racial incidents over this season, and well, not just this season, but just in general. But um, it has definitely been highlighted a lot this season, and we talked about how you know, there's a little bit of a, a exodus going to Italy as well too but it's an invasion there's an invasion yes a lot first of all half of Man United teams going to Italy to Inter, Inter Milan specifically <laughs> I mean like Conte yeah <laughs> you know it, they're gonna immediately remember, want a remember that time when you know you wanted Conte and you know remember that time when 
we beat Chelsea four 0 Remember that time that we drew Liverpool? Like, remember those days? Bruh. It seems like twenty two years ago. <laughs> that was a great video. It really that was. was one of my favorite videos. Remember. I still remember the premiere of it. Yeah, because Magic, there are fresh friends. Yeah, because Magic, because Magic was in it. I was like, "Yo, snap!" And then he had Iman in it too. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Diana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do like TK got a soul on that one. He feeling that one, man. <laughs> we on stage? Did, do y'all perform that song? Nah, nah, nah. Y'all perform that song. Y'all, y'all cover y'all. that one. Y'all do that. Nah, you are they're, they're, they're talking about my, my previous band. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we didn't do that. We did a. Uh, I know. It was a hot song. Where you at, Bobby? Where you at, Bobby? Bobby, come in with it. Come in, Bobby. It was Bobby Drum, excuse me. That's why I say that. But yeah, no, that would have been a hot one. We just. um can't remember what Michael song we did. But we did we did like one Michael song. and uh, Or no, it was. Um, the Jackson Five. Oh, baby, give me one more chance. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I can play that on the sax. <laughs> you know. Anyway, this on your baritone or tenor. My bad, tenor. I, I got you. I, I, yeah, this ain't I, no uh, the video. Too, too many zoos. All all dancing. That's my past. No interest in soprano. I wish I could be Coltrane. Okay. No, he tried. I really did. Okay. 11 years of college. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, no, that's, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's, a, he's an expert. <laughs> I got an associate's. I got another associate's. I got my cosmopology. <laughs> I got a certificate. <laughs> oh, God. I got about three certificates. I got a degree box with nothing in it because I didn't walk across the stage. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's wrap this up with me. But, no, um, but yeah. Have, I, I haven't seen any anybody peruse a copy of Goal Three yet. We're still waiting. We We're have still waiting. Two days, two 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 days and some hours. Two some change. Two yeah. impossible. This this deal contest expires. The same I even time put it on my socials. As the you know, it's real when I, I know, put it right? on my socials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real as the CBA. So uh, <laughs> as the original CBA. So if you guys can beat the CBA deadline and produce a picture of Goal Three and yourself. I'm going to be fair. Do we know if there was ever actual hard copy? Did it go straight to digital? Honestly, at this t- point in time, I would just like to see some creativity. If someone maybe printed, <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, I, have a, I have a printer at home. That's a big, that's a big step right there. True. <laughs> They're like, okay, the they call me printer. Like, I have a DVD case. Oh, that's also a big step Yo, in the world you guys of streaming. Still DVD case? That's what I'm saying. So like, it, slip out that moment. I feel yeah. like even if someone did that, that's enough effort for me to, you know, say I, I would like we to choose find them out as an actual hard copy, or did it go straight to digital? You know, that's what we have to find. Out. I, I know, yeah. I know that I never saw a hard copy. I just know that. Yeah, I, I saw that one time on YouTube, and I was like, it was worse than that Chun Li Street Fighter movie. <sighs> yeah. Well, it's funny is on the cover. Is it effed up that I was like, yo, is that Quarter Mile Blanco? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, that's uh, that's cool. That's uh. Santiago. I know it's him, but I'm saying it like, looks say, like Blanco. Dang, you said like, he, 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 he didn't age well? <laughs> Look, he's looking like Blanco on that cover. Yeah, it got all these bright lights on behind him. He's looking like Blanco. Got, got the floodlights. Which is right? funny because I still use the Blanco move to this day whenever I get in the corner. You know, whenever I play in the field, which is like... Guys, for thirty one ninety nine, you can have this f- delivered How free from, from freaking Walmart. Thirty one ninety nine. God! <laughs> 
is that is that is that in Canadian dollars? God dang, thirty one American dollars. How many? There's gotta be like for five. Das Fine. Excuse me. Das try to get all their money for that for that. Holy. That's, 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 that's for free life. shipping for thirty one ninety nine. I hope so. But um. Only three do I left. get next day? There's do only get, three left. Do I get next day? No, it arrives on the 4th of February. God damn! I mean, that's, all, that's, what that's week? next week. Yeah, that's my that's so that's with 3008. Is it Amazon? That's Walmart. No, that's Walmart. That's oh, Waltons, sh- man. It's the Waltons. Sh- However, you can get it used on eBay for $9.95. Oh, I made it nah, brand spanking new. see the fight. I made it brand spanking new. Oh, But, wow. um, yes, I'm massively bougie, especially for that. Like I said, I've seen it, so, yeah. You're lucky you get, right. you're getting $10. I think the point is, folks, we know there are DVD copies of Goal 3. Get out there and find one. <laughs> I don't you care if you get, need to go get a Lucky Charms. Any, what, what, what will they win, TK? Anything that you desire out of our ftcut.myshopify.com. The culture shop. Dude, that was so hats. streamlined. So streamlined. I love it. Hats. You know what else is streamlined? Like floating on a boat? <laughs> Red straight, man. Yeah, man. Pop that thing open. Fluid ounces. How many fluid ounces do we got? Twelve of the twelve. Red straight. You make my day. But um, but yeah, man. Yes, if you have goal three, hit us up. Let us know. Hit us up on the social media at FTC UTD. Next hey, next recording, we're wearing all like the, the see through uh Everyone has to bring in a seashell necklace. Yes, you two Ringo. Ringo needs to get off the road. Can we get FTC's version of that? You can't print on it. There's nothing to print on. Figure it out. We can make it work. We got love for your dread strip, man. Yo, because, uh... Uh, when's, when's the carnival here? Can we all play Moss? Every day is carnival Moss. It on like, <laughs> tomorrow, I think it starts technically. Oh, wow. I haven't did it since like, I did it four years ago, but. Did you do the whole, did you, did you? No, go? my cousin though is doing all the Caribbean islands or countries mm-hmm. for carnival. She's got like probably five of them already knocked out. I've always done um, Colombia. Colombia. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, uh, we have a, we have a, sh- a shout out on the socials um, the other day. Um, American Wines Matter, uh, uh, tra- uh, uh, lady that uh, that runs that site, uh, Tracy Lyons White. Yeah, she's a uh, good people. She actually uh, bought some merch from the from the site a couple um, back over Thanksgiving. I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, she's awesome people. Um, yeah, give her a shout on 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 the socials at American Wines Matter on, on Instagram. Uh, yeah, she actually if you're into you know the carnival scene, playing moss. That's that's definitely a good follow. American wines matter, but um, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, I hope y'all enjoyed. Like I said, our our episode. Like I said, you know, it's it's, it's been it's been a crazy couple of days. So sorry if it wasn't super hype, but you know, we try we try to you know do our best for you guys. Uh, it's make always sure. hype. About it. I'm on fire. <laughs> but, uh, <yeah. laughs> 
make sure that you uh, put in a review and a comment on your favorite podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox, Anchor, whatever else is on there that that's, that you can find us. Oh, shit. Make sure that you find us at FTCUT. What? Do we have a TikTok? You know what? <laughs> we do. Attention, everyone under 26. <laughs> we have a TikTok. So... Unlike the other ones where it's FTC UTD, it's actually this one is FTC UTD pod. FTC UTD pod. You know, it's just three I, more letters. I haven't even downloaded that app on my phone. I'm sorry. I'm Don't honest. do it. Don't do it. That's a I'm not doing it. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, no we'll, we'll be getting uh, content on there as well. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. I saw all, all of our content from past episodes is, is, is steadily getting uploaded on there as well. So, yeah, if, if, if YouTube is your thing to catch your podcast, we are on there as well. Jago, I got a question. What's up? Who shot Ghost? So, my, <laughs> the person that I had, I, I turned out to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was I actually I, I I went outside the box. I said Ramona, Mm-mm. and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. It happens. Mm-hmm. You know, this sounds like you guys played Clue a little bit. It is like Clue. It is the hood version of Clue. <laughs> it, is the hood version. it was Tyreek with the shotgun <laughs> in the club. By- <laughs> Person, <laughs> weapon, location. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, because they're coming up on their last episode, what, this weekend? You got three suspects now. Yeah, yeah, the FBI Spoiler dude. Spoiler alert, sorry, people, but um, uh, it's not. It's not, not It's not Dre. It's not Lorenz State. Dre, he been gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mine is still alive. I, I mean, I'll put it out there in the air. I say it's Tyreek. I've been saying it's Tyreek since day one. I think it makes for a better spinoffs and everything like that. If Tyreek did it, I will say the uh, the episode with Tommy that was actually pretty good. With Tommy, yeah, yeah it was interesting. Tommy was yeah. definitely interesting. Yeah, he gives you that back um, character stuff. And then um, my boy Cedric had to sneak up in there. Yo, Cedric, I, I was like, yo, Cedric, what was Cedric in this piece? You know? Yeah, because it's, it's funny. Because it's funny because you, know, you got the you got the network show now. Entertainer, y'all. You got a network show now, so it's like, yeah, you yeah. all super clean. It's like, hold up, I can still get nah, going. I can get gangster with it. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, but it was also remember when Cedric was in a uh, be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost kind of similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, make sure you catch on, on the socials. Um, make sure you catch the merch at uh, at um on uh, ftcut.myshopify.com. Please get us a copy of uh, oh, Goal Three. Three. Yes, somehow, some way. But, uh, but yes, uh, make sure you share share with your homies, your bays, your friends, your, your patrons. Yes, your boss, if you get along with them. Yes, share, share it with them. If you don't get along with them. You might be able to, you, you might be able to fellowship over this. You might. It could happen. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. But yes, um... But yeah, we'll catch y'all next week. Uh, make sure catch on on the catch us every Wednesday. Uh, you know what? One, one more time, Kobe. And as a wise man would say, you're welcome. And we out. Mama out. <laughs>